Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already, and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. The French philosopher Pierre Teilhard de Chardin once said, We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And as spiritual beings, if we want to have a more profound experience of life, we have to be willing to explore the deeper aspects of ourselves. Cindy Dale, my guest today, is going to help us do just that. Cindy is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer on energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She has worked with over 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of workshops all around the world. During our conversation, Cindy and I will be talking about the basics of energy anatomy and how it works. So we're going to be talking about chakras, auric fields, and all that great stuff. She'll also be providing tips and techniques on how to develop our psychic and intuitive abilities. And lastly, she'll be offering some advice on how to manage our fears, especially those related to the current pandemic. And remember, if you enjoy this type of content, please do subscribe to my newsletter. Hey, Cindy, how are you doing today? I'm having a great day. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, Thank you for asking. I'm so excited to be connecting with you today to talk about some pretty deep topics around managing our emotions from an energetic perspective. Um, I really do feel that this is a very important conversation for us to have right now, given the current climate where a lot of people are experiencing fear and uncertainty because of the pandemic. So I appreciate you taking the time to give us your advice on how we can navigate these tricky times. And they are tricky. We have the pandemic, we have fear, we have anger, we have more than uncertainty. I think people are really panicked. Uh, I mean, there's a question for some people, am I going to survive? And I think a lot of people are wondering if we're going to survive. I mean, what are we doing to the earth? What are we doing to the climate? Is it perhaps kind of a rising up of the earth? So I think there's all kinds of ways to approach the topic. And I look at it energetically. I'm an energy healer. So I like to talk about feelings, but also ask What do they mean? What are they trying to say to us? How do we take the charge out of it so we can learn from what we're going through too? I love that. I love that. And we'll get more into it later on in the interview. But first, I want to talk a little bit about you. Um, I read something very interesting in in your bio. So you mentioned that you gained clarity about your purpose of becoming an intuitive healer while you were on a trip to Morocco. And I thought it was just such an interesting story. Could you please share that with us? I would love to do that. It is an interesting story. It was quite a time ago, and I was going to travel with three friends. And in fact, just getting to Morocco was an interesting act because they asked me to intuitively just kind of pick out of the air where we should travel. We were wide open. We wanted to do a two-week trip. And I was told, go to Morocco and there be as if you'd never been. I mean, isn't that just a cool phrase? 
So I know. Be as, be as if you've never been. Yeah. So sort of like walk invisibly, but be aware of who you are. Who said that to you? Oh, the voice. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, the voice speaking to me. Honestly, I just was like, where am I supposed to go? Where are we supposed to go? And this voice just said, go to Morocco and be as if you've never been. So I knew we were in for something less than ordinary or more than ordinary, depending on how you look at it. So a few days into the trip, we were in Morocco and our bags, of course, went to Amsterdam while we went to Casablanca. So we're kind of, you know, all four of us sharing one room with with Pete's clothes. So we wore Pete's clothes for several days and his hairdryer. And that's what we had. But about five or six days in, we were making our way to the Sahara and I had a series of dreams. The first dream really gave me my purpose. I was in the Sahara and I was just walking in the dream. And this young man came up to me and he said, thank you. And I said, thank you for what? And he goes, well, you helped start all this. And I saw all of these small buildings, like what you see with small businesses, you know, one person offices and industrial sites. And there was just lots of them. And I said, well, what did I do to help all these people? And he goes, well, just go find your store. So amongst all these stores, I went to my store, which was the smallest in the barracks. It was tiny. It, I don't know if you've ever been to those breakfast diners where there's hardly any stools. There's like five people can fit in. That's what my store looked like. <laughs> so I go in my store and I seem to know what I was doing. There was a there was a case, a glass case, and people would line up one at a time. In the glass case were eyeglasses. And I would just take out the eyeglasses, put them on somebody's eyes. They would look in the mirror and they would go, oh, I see myself. And it's almost like they got to see themselves the way the divine sees them. And that's all I did. That was my purpose. That's my, that's it. You can, you can take all the bells and whistles and what we put on websites and branding and marketing and all this social media stuff and just say, honestly, I'm just supposed to help somebody see themselves the way they slash the divine sees themselves. That's it. I mean, that's pretty profound, but how did you interpret that as you having to become an intuitive healer? Because it it's vague and it could mean so many things. I had already been traveling quite a bit by that point. I was maybe around 30 or 32 or 34. I'm not very good with ages. I remember events, uh, but I'd already been studying with a lot of shamans and traditional medicine practitioners in different countries. So I already knew about energy. I already knew about indigenous medicine and practices. And my clairvoyance had been waking up. So I was starting to get more and more inner pictures and be more and more aware of intuitive vision. So it was really just another slide, you know, or like move on the slide to say, so I'll use my vision. I'll use my vision. And maybe that will help people see who they are. So that seemed to be the next logical step. Okay. So you were already on that path. So this was like a confirmation for you. It was a confirmation, but it was more than that. It, I, I was guessing on direction. I, I was like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just go over here and teach this or work this way? And it really focused me on the vision. And it gave me the central purpose. Because when you're working with energy and intuition, you can't get anything. 
You can go anywhere. You can look at Mars. It doesn't make any difference. But it gave me the through line that any session I did from that point on, any teaching I put together, it needed to help meet that goal. Interesting. Interesting. So for those listening who don't know what you're talking about, um, you know, there are a lot of people on the planet who don't really who don't believe in this whole notion that we're energy-based beings and they prefer to live in the 3D world. Um, How would you describe energy anatomy to them and how it works? Well, I live in the 3D world too. (laughs) I mean, I walk my dogs, you know, raise my kids. I do all this kind of stuff. So I don't knock the 3D world. It's just science has even shown that 99.999% of an object is invisible. So, hello, you might be in the 3D world, but most of you isn't 3D (laughs) of anybody. So, I like to explain what we call the subtle anatomy by comparing it to the physical anatomy. So, in our bodies, we have energy organs like the liver and the heart. We have energy channels. They're just physical, like the blood vessels and the lymph. And we have physical fields. And science has shown that cells give off electricity. They give off electromagnetic activity. So does the body. The heart gives off tons of electromagnetic activity that engages with others. The subtle anatomy is the same. It has organs, which most people call chakras. Some call them acupoints. It has channels, which can be called meridians in more Asian medicine Uh or nadis in the Hindu system. And it has subtle fields, which a lot of people call the auric fields. The reason to understand the subtle anatomy is that it runs subtle energy as well as physical. So it can work with the 99.99% that is invisible and manage it, not just manage the very little bit of us that's physical. Interesting. And what about chakras and things like that? How does that feature in our whole system? I love working with chakras. Those are the subtle energy organs or the centers. And I work with the 12 chakra system. Most people know the seven. I don't care about numbers. It doesn't make any difference. But a chakra is so, I mean, I'm sort of fascinated and in love with talking about chakras because yeah. a chakra, think of it as an organ, like a nice round organ. It, it, it flows in front of you and back of you. It brings in energy. It sends out energy. It's actually able to convert physical energy into subtle. So concrete into not concrete and intangible into tangible. So just think about that. Let's say one chakra is running in the heart and you have breast cancer. If you work with the chakra related to that part of the body, you could conceivably change the energy, change the information or change the vibration that you could even disappear a tumor or you could help appear the love of your life. So that's why, to me, chakras are so important because they're conversions. They can change one thing into another. It's not that easy to do. I've been at it for a long time <laughs> and I'm still learning. So, but a little bit of knowledge goes a long way too. Right. I have a lot of chakra jewelry. I don't know if you've seen those, like those pendants yep. and I just absolutely <laughs> love those, you know, and yeah. um, do things like that work? Like, the chakra jewelry and even the crystals, does it? I mean, you even talk about chakra jewelry, talk about crystals, like a chakra crystal that works for this energy center. It's called the third eye and it helps you visualize and all this. 
We are made out of crystals, and I'm not talking pseudoscience. Like the bones are crystalline. Our molecules are crystalline. Our connective tissue is crystalline. So when you're working with a crystal that has certain molecular structures and you're sending intention through it or you're letting the energy move through it that it naturally attracts, it's, you're, you're, you're sort of working one computer with another. I mean, you're a microchip, you're, you're a crystal chip and made out of a lot of crystal chips. And so is it. So you're really coordinating activity in the physical body when you're working with something like jewelry or crystals. Interesting. That's interesting. Thank you for that. So you've written a lot of books about developing our psychic abilities, like clairvoyance, clairaudience, and things like that. So I'm curious to know, how does our intuition speak to us? What are the many ways in which our intuition speaks to us? And are we all really capable of sensing energy and developing our psychic ability? We're born psychic. Every single person is born psychic. I use the word psychic to talk about our ability to connect with energy inside and outside of us for survival purposes. So think about how many times you've gone, something's not right, and then something wasn't right. Or or I've got to phone this person, and you do, and they go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called. Will you call the police for me or whatever it might be? Right. That's that's energy. That's just picking up on energy. We're all psychic, but I think over time we just sort of tune it out or we we downplay it or we make fun of it. And so then we have to work on it. We have to more mindfully manage it, which I call gathering or putting out psychic data sort of, you know, on purpose. So there's four intuitive languages. One is what I would call physical empathy. It's really also emotional, where you feel what's happening in the world outside of you in your body. Like you you just know somebody has a hurt knee, or you know what they're feeling, or you know what they're motivated by. So there's physical, kind of physical, emotional empathy. There's spiritual empathy where you just know something. Like you're just as smart as whatever you call God. You just go, this person's bluffing or (laughs) they're in the wrong profession. Or you just get them when you meet them. Like you just know this person. That's a second type that's sort of spiritual awareness. There's also verbal and there's visual. Just like in our body, verbal intuition is more when you just get psychic messages, like a word pops in your mind. But it can also be you turn on the radio and that song is singing for you. So you get, right? Don't you love that? (laughs) I I love that. I love it when that happens. I know. Sometimes I turn the radio until I get a song I want. And that's not really the same thing. (laughs) Or if I do like shuffle play on Spotify, and right. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like talking to me. Right? I know, <laughs> but that's intuition yeah. because anytime it's vi- it's verbal and it gives you a, an energy message, mm-hmm. it's you. You're drawing it to you, or it's being sent to you. Yeah. And then visual works a lot the same way. A lot of us do visual at night. You know, we get dreams and they impact us, or we might get a picture pop in our head. But you can also just see something in your environment. Also, um, like my youngest son and I, when we lost a dog named Honey, we now have another dog named Honey, who frankly, it's the same soul. But one morning I woke up and I heard he'd been dead three years. I heard him saying verbally, I'm coming back. He was the busiest dog in the world. And I was like, please don't. I just, I just, I don't think I can raise another puppy like you. 
like the same puppy. But my son came in my room the same morning and he goes, mom, I think I found honey, our next honey dog. So I said, I have to get proof. He'd, he'd been cruising the internet. He found this dog named Tank, but it looked just like honey as a puppy. We got signs for two weeks. We had to get that dog, including billboards. We saw tanks, Sherman tanks, GI Joe tanks, toilet tanks, um, it, it, visual signs everywhere you went. And I finally was at my therapist's. I said, I really don't want to get this dog. I'm tired. And she goes, well, ask for another sign. I open up the door. This dog comes up to me in a non-dog building, no master with a leash, hands me its leash. I said, okay, we'll get honey. That's psychic. Even if it comes in your real life, if it brings you messages in any of these ways, that's intuition. That's intuition. Interesting. I have a question. What if you are super attached to a certain outcome hmm. and then you feel like you are reading into signs too much? How do you know when to trust the voice or the signs? Like what if I really want something to work on? What if I want a certain job or certain romantic partner that I have my eye on and I'm really, really looking for signs. Um, I, it's a, you what know what? <laughs> That's a really good question because we can try to prove something to ourselves, And more often than not, that's manipulation. <laughs> I hate saying that, but it is. You can misinterpret almost anything. I know because I frequently do it. So I work super hard. I do two things. I work really hard to try to detach from outcome. Like I just want to sign about this job, but I'm open hard. to whatever it's going to be. It's so almost impossible. It it's really, so really hard. is. So when you're like a go-getter and you, you, you oh, want something to happen, it's, like, it's very hard. So in that, and in that case, I think you can't really rely on your psychic ability. Yeah. You have to. You can't. Well, because you're, you might be creating it. Right, right. So it's like it. you're projecting. <laughs> That's projecting. right. You're getting it. You're making it. So what, what I do then is I do believe we have guides. People can believe what they want. So what I tell my guides is, look, you know I'm stubborn. You know I want what I want. So you give me a sign, even if, it, if it's like you have to hit me on the head. <laughs> you give me a sign so I pay attention that I know it's right. So you sort of have to get overridden. If you can't override yourself, give permission for whatever you believe in to override you. Mm -hmm. And that tends to work with me. And I'm often very disappointed <laughs> because then something does happen. Like, uh, you know, like I get like something in the mail that literally this, there, there'll be a big red uh, word on it that says no, like big red words, no. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to get that guy or this guy's never going to call me again. Well, there's the sign, but I didn't want it. So, but it had to come in a way that, that intruded on my wishes. So that works for me. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's definitely a great tip you know we can try out <laughs> so as i mentioned earlier in our conversation you know we are living during this time of great fear and uncertainty because of the pandemic and a lot of people are they're concerned they're worried um and 
But I read somewhere on your website that you think that a healthy kind of fear could be good for us. Could you please tell us more about that? It is. I mean, we're made to be scared, angry, sad, get disgust, feel guilt, have joy. Well, so why do we get those feelings? Healthy fear is a message from our body, maybe our soul, that says you're lacking safety, so you need to do something. Don't just sit there. You need to move forward, backward, or to the side. So what we need to do is figure out, okay, I'm scared to go to the grocery store today. I wasn't yesterday. I am today. So maybe I just won't go today. Or I don't feel like walking on that side of the street It just feels my gut is turning. I have a sign of fear. So I'm going to walk on this side of the street. Healthy fear is not negotiable. It's giving us a message. And I believe if we listen to it or follow it, we will return to a sense of safety. Okay. How do we know the difference between the two, a healthy fear and unhealthy fear? Well, there's the $6 million question, right? (laughs) So. Unhealthy fear, I believe, has two strong indicators. It never goes away. I mean, come on. In a week, in a two-week period, you're not going to be in fear all the time. It's next to impossible. I know there's a virus out there. I know that we were once chasing down toilet paper. You know, I know that there was a lot happening, but, but, for when we have a prolonged sense of fear and we really, our brain can even say, this is too long. You don't need to feel like this still, but we still fear, feel it. That's unhealthy fear. That's not real fear. That's triggered fear and something else. There's many other kinds of fear, but it's not going to help us. Or when it's too big. I mean, we all have that experience where the fear is just too big. Like, okay, we're down to... We catastrophize. Yeah, it's terribleized. We're catastrophizing. Mm -hmm. And I do that once in a while. I'm in Minnesota, ground zero, when some of the protests started here for like a whole, I was fine for a day. I was fine until I got on the phone with friends who lived in Minneapolis too, and they were freaking out. And I got off the phone and I was like, oh my God, I better pack my car and leave Minnesota. I'm like, Cindy, you, you're fine. This is not your fear. This is too big for you living in the suburbs with two dogs who would bark at people if they tried to invade your space with a big 21-year-old son, right, who's a baseball player with a bat. So I was like, it's too big. And then I knew it wasn't right. Right. Okay. So you had to talk yourself through. I did. Yeah. And for me, that second example was around, you know, talking to my friends, I was absorbing their fear. So sometimes you have to figure out, hey, this isn't my fear. I might have a little bit. I don't have this much. Or it's an old trigger from history, or it can be an ancestor's fear. They, we have 14 generations of memories in our genetic makeup, 14 generations. It's called wow. the epigenes. Who's really scared is sometimes what we need to ask. Oh, that could be a whole nother conversation right there. <laughs> On that one. <laughs> I thought the fears of this lifetime is enough. We have 14 years. Terribleizing it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, 
So how do we deal with all these fears? Um, like what tools and techniques do you recommend to deal with any of these fear-based emotions and shift towards more balance and inner peace? Well, I really do think it's okay to be logical. I mean, some people think because I do intuition, I must just be a space cadet. I really do think, I mean, I'll go, is this mine or not? Is this an intelligent way to deal with this or not? Is this too big or not? So use your brain. We have a brain. We don't just have feelings. We also have a brain. And then when I start thinking it through, the second thing I do is I don't want to act out issues that are not my own. I have, it's simple. You can use whatever color you want. I mean, just take a moment, picture a wash of energy, white, pink, green, gold, polka dot. I don't care, whatever you like. And you can actually feel it just kind of washing through you from above all the way down through your feet and just give permission for it to wash out the energy that's not your own. So now whatever's left you can deal with. You just can't deal with what's not your own. And the second corollary technique I like is we're made out of what the earth is made out of. We're made out of what the air is made out of and the planets are made out of like stardust and the blades of grass. So I like to visualize and feel myself bringing up into my body through my feet, whatever elements of this earth or cosmos my body needs, fire, air, earth, water. You don't have to have a list. None of this needs to be done accurately, but you can actually feel all that come up your body. And you know what is going to empower you. So now you're going to feel not only clear of what's not your own stuff, but you're also going to be filled up with the kind of energy you need to take action. If you need to take action, those are the simplest tools and they really work too. So is that a, some kind of meditation or visualization? Visualization, yeah. meditation, but it can be done really quick. I'll give you another one that I like to teach young people, like uh, high schoolers and college students, because they get test anxiety. But what is what are we going through in the world right now but one huge test anxiety? I mean, <laughs> we're just anxious all the time. So when these young people come to me, they're not going to do all this visualization stuff. I right. tell them. They're not going to do it. They're just going to go, that's just weird. I'm not going to do that. And they want a quick fix. It's like, please, like, tell me. I just want to feel better. (laughs) It's like, quick fix. Put one of your hands or arms over your stomach, over your solar plexus. Okay. The chakra that brings in outside fears. It brings in the thoughts of other people and the fears other people have. You cover it up with your hand. Immediately, you're blocking off what's going on in the atmosphere. And you're just able to be grounded and contained and centered within yourself. Simple. (laughs) And it works. And if you really don't like somebody and how they're treating you, like let's say their anger, cross your feet because you're going to block off your energy system. So you're not picking anything up from somebody else. So this stuff doesn't need to be magic. It just needs to be quick. So you can use it when you need to use it. What about the white shield, the white bubble? Because I was taught that because I'm I'm an empath. So yeah. yeah. I know empaths really, we absorb energy pretty oh, yeah. quick. So that's a technique that I learned because I was getting so drained out being exactly. around. Uh, People take your energy and you take theirs. And then right. you're 
wiped out. So that's one way to work. I'll give you a way I really prefer. So each chakra has an outer and an inner wheel. People don't have to remember that. What you have to remember is that if you go inside any chakra, like just take the heart, that's the strongest center, the strongest energy you have in your whole physical body too. You go in there, that's where your soul dwells. That's where you're able to access your own light your own song, your own energy, and it mixes with whatever it is you would call your higher power. So if you focus there and you grow that energy, just feel it, just like turn the light on in there. That starts radiating and you literally turn into like your own sun, your own star. It radiates front, back to the sides. Ain't nothing gonna get in to hurt you. You're literally... I hate to say it this way, but kind of destroying other people's energy. It can't get into you and you're growing your own energy. So it pushes all the way outside of you and it's much easier to connect with or attract what's good for you. And you don't have to just fend off what's not good for you. So I just call it radiate. Just sit down and you know learn how to do it quick. Tap your sternum. Just go, I'm just going to radiate right now. It's a great way to give boundaries while you still remain open. Too. I love that. So be your own, be your own son. Be your be own, own son. Your own son. Nothing gets into the sun. It's all evaporated. It's all burned up out there. Yeah, I love it, Cindy. That was <laughs> so great. Thank you so much for offering your your thoughts and your wisdom with all of us. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it's just been wonderful speaking with you. So where can people find out more about you? It's easy. It's my website, cindydell.com. My name is spelled weird, C-Y-N-D-I. Just look it up like it's Cynthia, but it's Cindy. And my website has everything. I have a free COVID meditation on there somewhere people can download to help themselves. And um, you can just look, look and see what I offer. Oh, perfect. I think a lot of people need that, need the COVID meditation right now. <laughs> COVID meditation is, it's just... It's just audio, but it walks you through, gives you boundaries, gives you some energetic tools. Like if you've got COVID, if you're scared of COVID, I would never say it can heal you, but it can train your subtle energy to help you in regard to the virus. Perfect. Thank you so much, Cindy. That's such a wonderful resource that the world really needs right now. So so yeah, thanks again. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.